Miracy. For me, when I'm coaching a client, when I start wanting to answer for them, I'm like, oh, that's probably my intuition wanting to say something right here. Like, this is what I'm not hearing them say. And so how do I offer that back up to them so that they can hear that with it being just an offer? Hello, I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped more than 70,000 coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. This is a podcast where my guests and I discuss challenging conversations that we face with our clients, but also how to take a deeper look into issues that we might deal with within our coaching businesses and within ourselves. Now, as coaches, we work with several tools, listening, reflecting, asking powerful questions like what I'm noticing is, like that kind of thing. But sometimes, especially I find this with newer coaches, they struggle or are hesitant to interrupt a client when they go into their story, maybe. The coach will find that it's hard to intuitively interject and take control of the coaching conversation. And today's guest is a successful business owner of a six-figure coaching business. She's a thought leader in the positive mindset field with several certifications. And today I'm going to be talking with Taryn Loxo. Now, before taking the bold action to leave her, as she calls it, her soul-sucking corporate career in 2020, Taryn strategically prepared to pivot her profession by building a resilient mindset when faced with challenges and setbacks. And she's here to talk about how coaches can use their intuition in coaching and leverage it to level up their coaching practice with their clients. Welcome, Taryn. Thank you, Melinda. I'm so happy to be here today. Oh my gosh, I am so excited, especially to talk about this topic of intuition. It's one of my favorite things, not just as a coach, but as a leader, as a woman, I love this topic of intuition. I really think it's one of our superpowers that we don't leverage enough as a business leader and with our coaching clients. So I'm so excited to dive into this. But before we do, would you mind sharing just a little bit about your background with our listeners? Yeah, background. Okay. I've been inspired by people in my life that are making changes with other humans on a one-to-one basis. And I wanted that for myself. So that is why I chose to leave corporate and step into my own business of coaching because there's more power in this direct conversations that allow and open up different aspects of ourselves. And I was inspired because I wanted to make that human connection, not just a system connection. I spent years in corporate implementing software systems. And what I realized was it's the human system that I'm really fascinated by. Okay. Being a system geek and lover, like you know I am, I really love that distinction about the human system and really understanding that and the dynamic of how we show up as humans, our mindset, the psychology, the neuroscience, like all of that. We could geek out on many episodes about that. But today we're going to talk about intuition. And I just want to kind of talk through this and really help coaches understand how they can better show up with their clients. Now, before we get into that, let's clarify, like when we say intuition, what is the definition? What what does that mean to you, Taryn? 
Intuition means listening to your gut. Like what is that urge that just so deeply wants to be said out loud, but sometimes, most times gets squashed. Like, oh, I really shouldn't say that. Now I'll build on that a little bit because I, listening to your gut, uh, trusting your instincts is another way that I have heard other people say it. For me, it's also about listening to that which is greater than you. Like when I think about my gut, like the center, the solar plexus right below my rib cage, right above my belly button, like that's kind of the, the source, the center that we're talking about, that energetic spot. And when I think about that, that's like the essence of who we are, our skills, our talents, our knowing without knowing. It's rooted right in that location. And I think about it as that's my connection to that which is greater than me. What's been your experience with that? Expand on that a little bit. My experience is that I've had to find my relationship back to it again. I had it as a child and then it got quieted down over the years. And so it's about actually rebuilding my relationship to that sense of self within my gut, those thoughts, that sense of knowing and trusting it. And that's a big word right there, trust. Like if we can break it down, there's the ability to hear it. There's the ability to listen, trust, and then respond. Like a funny little example, not with a coaching client, but just the other night, my husband was, we were making dinner and he had a glass sitting on the counter and he had placed the pan. We were making salmon. It's his specialty. And he had it and it was kind of teetering on the edge. It was hanging over the edge of the counter a little bit. And he thought to himself, oh, that's not a good idea. I should push this back. He's like, no, no, no. I'll just be careful. And he went to reach for the salt. His stomach hit it, knocked the glass off and broke it in the sink. And he was like, I knew that was going to happen. It's like, I hate when we don't listen to ourselves, right? So it's like those moments. And I know probably all of our listeners are thinking, oh yeah, there's times when I haven't listened to my gut, right? So there's the knowing and there's the trusting and then there's the taking action. And I'll add into that, there's the slowing down to listen to it. Okay, say more about that. I think we are rushing so much from thing to thing to thing that we forget to slow down to listen to that voice and go, oh, what's important about this for me to take action on or to be with? Okay, so let's break this down because that is a good thing. Like as a coach, when you're working with a client, we have to slow down to be present. Like that's what's really happening is so we can be present because only when we're present can we hear our intuition and tap into the magic that it has for us and the insight that it has for us. And so for us to ask ourselves, you know, what's important for me to take action on right now or to be with? That's also a powerful coaching question that we can ask our clients. And so it's about being present with our clients, right? Like that, no matter what skills we learn, listening, reframing, asking, like whatever, we could go through the list. At the core of them all, what helps us be good in any skill is to be present with our clients. Exactly. Let's work through that for a second. How do we be present with our clients? Like, what does that look like? Mm, I was just sharing this with a group of team members yesterday, and it's around your levels of listening and knowing which level you happen to be in at any given moment. 
So for anyone who's not familiar with levels of listening, there's level one is you're just listening to your own thoughts. How does this information pertain to me? What do I want to do with it? Most of us sit in that realm, probably 80% of our day-to-day interactions. Then there's the level two, as if you're on a date with somebody, you're just so excited about what they're saying and you're listening to them. And then level three is you're picking up everything that's happening. It's like 360 degrees of listening of what information can you bring in. And as coaches, we get to spend a lot of time in the level two and level three listening. That's really going to turn up the volume in the coaching relationship because you're getting out of your own head and listening deeply to what the other person is saying and what's happening in this space. And more importantly, listening to what's not being said. I was just going to add that. I would call that level four. That's my favorite, favorite place to operate is listening to what's not being said. And that actually is where our intuition comes in because, you know, they're not saying it or a lot of times we can kind of come to the conclusion because it's often the opposite or what's missing from what they're talking about or describing. It's like, wow, what I'm noticing is you're not saying this or you haven't talked about that. But a lot of times it's our intuition that will help us pipe into that. I agree. When I'm coaching a client, when I start wanting to answer for them, I'm like, oh, that's probably my intuition wanting to say something right here. Like, this is what I'm not hearing them say. And so how do I offer that back up to them so that they can hear that with it being just an offer? And so in the moment when you're coaching with somebody... Like, how do you navigate that as a coach? Because we want to be present. Like you said, the 360 degrees, picking up on everything they're saying. But then there's this tug and it's like, wait, what was that? And so in our heads, now all of a sudden we're listening. We're like, wait, what? do I need to say that? Something that's going on? Should I bring that up? Should I not bring that up? Maybe now's not the right time. Who am I to ask this? Like then all of a sudden we get lost and we're back into that listening to our own thoughts. How do you practice that as a coach to manage that, but not become distracted by it and still remain present. Right. I think this is the art of the skills of blurting in and offering something and simple phrases to lead with. Here's this thought, and I don't want to derail you right now, but I have a sense that dot, 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 or maybe you could offer something is like, I have a hunch that this might be in play. What do you think? That's a way to softly intrude without totally derailing it and getting it out of it. Again, not being attached to it, just saying, here's what I'm offering. Mm-hmm. I'll do something very similar. You know, you know, something that just came up for me, that'll be a phrase that I'll use on the front end and then I say it. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to agree with me. Maybe it's nothing, but I just wanted to throw it out there to see what that means to you or how that resonates with you. I love that. And I'll also offer like, how did that land for you? Mm, That's another good one. How did that land for you? And so we get to leverage our intuition, but we don't have to force it on people. That's what I love about this is just because I have this intuition doesn't mean it's the right thing or the thing or what the client has to do, but it means that we have to bring it in. I, I believe as coaches, it's our responsibility to interject it into the conversation. Now let's talk about newer coaches. Like I was thinking back when I was uh, preparing for this episode, I was thinking about this topic. You know, I've been coaching for, gosh, almost 20 years now. And my intuition is dialed in. And it's one of the skills that I cultivate all the time. But when I was new, I just didn't trust it. I didn't know how to acknowledge it. 
And so the coach training school, one of the programs that I went to, they gave us, and I still have it in my desk, they gave us a bookmark that had 25 coaching questions. And I was like, as a new coach, I'm like, oh my gosh, thank gosh, that's so smart because I don't even know how to ask questions to my clients. I just didn't trust my skills as a coach when I was brand new. And what I learned was, because what I would do in my coaching with a client, like they're going on and on about something and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what question to ask. I'm not even sure what to do. And I would literally just close my eyes and point and whatever question I pointed to, I would then ask it, what are you tolerating with this? And it's like, without fail, the question was always a great container for the client to explore the topic in a new and different way. And when I was thinking about this preparing, I was like, you know, there's no difference. It was just a tool to help me use my intuition. Now I don't necessarily need the tool. I can just listen to it. Do you have any, um, any tools like that? Or I just want to talk more about how even though we use a tool or something like that, that's a form of trusting ourselves and tapping into our intuition. Well, I'm just sitting with how I was preparing for this call. I was like, I better go pick up my book and figure out if I'm saying the right thing about intuition or not. And so I went back to my coaching curriculum and go like, what do they have to say about intuition? It's so interesting how we can get activated by this idea of being perfect. I know you love to use the phrase perfect Portia. I totally felt that energy coming in to prepare for our conversation. And then I was like, oh, wait let's just slow down a second and pause and go, what do I know? What I do know is curiosity. That's going to come into play here or just giving permission. So um, for new coaches is slowing down. That's really a big phrase for me right now. I'm really latching onto it is when I have that chance to slow down enough to trust and listen to what I do know, rather than what I think I don't know, the intuition has a quicker way of coming through. Yeah. And that's where we can be curious, right? Like we may not even understand what our intuition is saying, but we can just be curious. Like a lot of times when we intuitively insert a thought, an idea, a word, a phrase, a concept, that thing that we say may not be the end all be all, but it's what sparked the next idea or the next idea that then led to the solution or the outcome or the change or the transformation. It's like the thing that leads to the thing. And then I can go back into that channeling and being curious. So let's go back to that perfect Portia, because that is, well, I don't want to say one of my favorite villains because I actually don't like her, but she's one that I embodied for a long, long time and creeps up from time to time. And so I think that is the enemy of our intuition is trying to be perfect, trying to know it all. Will you talk more about that villain and how it really just kind of impacts our intuition? Yeah. Perfect Portia in some words, uh, gosh. It can impact in ways of, I've got to look good. I've got to be good. I've got to do this perfectly so I can get as many gold stars as possible for being the best coach possible. It just doesn't serve. And so there's this energy, I've got to get this right or I'm not good enough. And what I've embraced instead is being messy, like permission to be messy in the coaching. For example, saying, I'm not sure what the right word is here, but um, it's something like this and throwing something out there and letting the client co-create and have their reaction to it. I love what you just said, inviting the client to co-create with you based on the prompts that you might give. And 
one of the ways that I help myself be messy is it's a tool that I've used with my clients forever. I usually explain it to my clients very early on in the coaching relationship, and I teach them about the art of the do-over. And I give myself permission and I give my client permission. It's like, if we ever experience something on a coaching call and we're like, oh, you know, that wasn't exactly what I meant. I'd like a do-over. We have unlimited numbers of do-overs for any session at any time for the duration. And so when I remember that, oh, at any time I can have a do-over, it's like, wow, that didn't go well. Let me have a do-over if you don't mind. And then I can try to rework my intuition and work my way through it. And what's beautiful about that, Melinda, is you're now modeling for your clients that they get to be messy and that they get unlimited do-overs in any type of relationship, um, whether they're leaders, their parents, their friends, et cetera. Like no one has to be perfect. There is no such thing. Now, when I also think about intuition, I think of vulnerability. That's the other word that comes up for me. And truly for all coaches out there, women is where I gravitate. I love working with women. And I think this can apply to all coaches. When you think of Superman or Wonder Woman, and they have the red cape. Like I truly believe vulnerability is that red cape. Like it is the red cape of our superpower. You know, to share your intuition is to be vulnerable. So how can we as coaches navigate that spot of being vulnerable? Can you talk more about that? I'm in relationship with being vulnerable. It's a practice. Being vulnerable as a coach, it's the mirror the clients can see. Because when we're leading with our heart, rather than the shields that tend to get put up when we're not coming from vulnerability. I I see this with a lot of my clients. They're like, I have all these shields up so people can't see the tender part of my heart and my truth, my my being, because they're afraid of the, the judgment that's going to come up from others and or within themselves. So letting down the armored shields, I think, is a step towards um, opening the heart space, towards vulnerability. And when we lead from vulnerability, the connections are that much deeper, that more sincere and authentic and more believable. The person on the other side who is experiencing the vulnerability feels that connection. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I also just, um, when we let down those shields, as you were describing that, Like that's how our intuition comes through. That's when we can be vulnerable. That's when we can hear our intuition. That's when we can slow down and be present and have that 360 degrees. Because when our shields are up, that's when we go back to that first level of listening that you were just talking about earlier, right? You're just listening to what's in your head. It's like, oh my gosh, did I get that wrong? Oh my gosh, did I mess that up? Oh, I should have asked that other question darn it, why didn't I do? And so we just get lost in all of that. That's not coaching, right? That's so far from coaching. You're you're just not coaching. And so that's where, you know, for newer coaches, it's just a matter of practice. And so what I would say to all of our coaches out there, especially as you're newer in your business, or maybe you're just newer in learning a different methodology, like be gracious with yourself, be compassionate with yourself and be like, oh, I'm so adorable. I'm just now learning this. And it's like, I'm riding a new bike and I'll fall down, scuff my knees, get back up and keep going because I'm committed to the work. But I love how vulnerability and intuition, they kind of, they have to coexist together, I think. 
I completely agree. And I think the word I would describe vulnerability is a softness. Whereas when we're not being vulnerable, it's that hard shields. I just, I love this topic. Now, how do you cultivate your intuition? Like we talked about being present. We talked about slowing down so you could be present. What are some other ways that you have cultivated being vulnerable, listening to your intuition? What are some of your practices to cultivate that? A hard and fast technique that I really practice on a daily basis is quiet moments sprinkled throughout my day. So whether it's two minutes of breathing, two minutes of of focusing on the texture of my toothbrush as I'm brushing my teeth is quieting down the mind chatter that's going on a continual basis allows me to access that intuition a lot faster. So retraining my brain to my whole body brain, right? We're not just the brain up in our heads, but the brains that are sitting in our gut and in our heart and our nervous system, all of those are available for intuition to flow through. And it's practicing listening to them. Yeah. Another one that I do is through movement. I love what you just said. It's not just our brain, like the actual brain that we have to quiet, but it's a lot of our other parts of our body that we have to quiet or bring together. And so movement, I, you know me, I love my dance breaks, all different kinds. They don't just have to be like, woohoo, party dance breaks, but they can be slow dance breaks. They can be sensual dance breaks. They can be angry dance, like they can be all kinds of things, dance breaks, but just moving the body, even in yoga or movement practices, koya, things like that, that gets the body movement. So I can learn to interpret signals because people experience their intuition. Some people say, I feel it in my gut. Some people say, I hear my intuition or I sense it. And so we have to understand how all of our being is communicating with us. For me, it might be focusing my attention on the sounds my feet are making as I'm walking a trail in nature. It's focused attention, I think, is another great way to cultivate listening to the intuition. Well, I know that we could talk forever about this subject. I just want to do a quick summary of some of the things that we've talked about because we've covered a lot about this topic. I love how you described it and defined it and how we talked about intuition is about listening to my gut. And we added to that definition of it being that which is greater than me, like listening to that which is outside of us and that knowing without really knowing. And we talked about how trusting is such a big part of it. In order to really tap into our intuition, we have to slow down so that we can listen to it, trust it, and really be present. Like being present is where that's at. And I love, one of my favorite things is how you took us through the levels of listening, right? Level one, listening to just our own thoughts. Level two, you know, it's like we're on a date. We're excited about what the other person, like we're curious about what they have to say. Level three, 360 degrees of listening where we're picking up everything. And then level four, my favorite is what's not being said. We talked about the art of blurting. I love how you called it that, the art of blurting. And we gave some examples for how to do that with your coaching clients. And we talked about the enemy of our intuition is perfect Portia. And that is the shield that goes up that prevents us from being vulnerable or being curious. And we talked about the art of the do-over as permission for us as the coach If we tried to listen to our intuition and bring it to a client and it didn't quite land, always just say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Can I have a do-over? Easiest way out of anything with any client, anytime. 
Uh, and I love how you described that vulnerability is when we lead with our hearts than having our shields up. And then we shared about different practices that as coaches, we can cultivate that intuition within ourselves or assign to our clients to help them cultivate it. So Taryn, do you have any parting words or anything else on this topic that you want to share with our listeners? I can't share it enough, but the slowing down, permission to be messy, and trusting are never going to fail you in your coaching or in your life. So we're talking on a much bigger level here, how following and trusting your intuition is going to be transformational in your business and in your life. Absolutely. It's a life skill that we all need, us, our clients, those around us. And when we can model it, we make a significant impact on this world. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And a big thank you to Taryn for this fun conversation on one of my favorite topics. You can actually find out more about her at TarynLoxo.com. And that's Taryn, T-A-R-Y-N, Loxo, L-A-A-K-S-O.com. Taryn, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you so much, Melinda. It's a pleasure to be here. Today's episode is the final episode of the first season of Just Between Coaches, and we hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed producing and interviewing all these really fascinating guests. But don't go away. We'll be back in early September with a new season and new guests, and we can't wait to share them all with you. Until then, enjoy the rest of your summer. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Once Upon a Business and Course Lab. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Mishi Lance assembled the episode. Danny Eni is our executive producer, and post-production was by Post Office Sound. To get future great episodes that are coming up on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. 
This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.